you are about to see the first public exhibition of an entirely new form of entertainment. You are about to see. You are about to see. That belongs in a museum. You are about to see the first public exhibition of an entirely new form of entertainment. That belongs in a museum. to another exciting episode of Treasury Cast, the show that celebrates the greatest comics format of all time, the Treasury Edition. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and joining me this episode to talk about a brand new Treasury from Marvel Comics, Heroes of Power, the Women of Marvel, is writer, uh, comics retailer, and fellow 13th Dimension columnist, Christy Blanche. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yes, it is. This is exciting for multiple reasons. I, I've been a fan of your writing uh, as soon as I became familiar with it over on 13 Dimension, where, as everybody knows, I'm a columnist as well. That's a, yes. love, I love that site. I love the stuff that you write for it. Well, thank and you. I was so excited that Marvel, A, is doing new treasuries. That by itself is just thrills me. And this collection looked really cool. The, the Heroes of Power, the Women of Marvel, which collects five stories featuring uh, Spider-Gwen, Gwenpool, <laughs> the new uh-huh. Wasp, Miss Marvel, and Captain Marvel. And we will get to yes. all that in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, your history with Treasury Comics. Like, did you have them growing up? Did you read them? Are these, are these beloved, this format beloved to you? Oh, I, well, I, I like this format. And it, it comes from a different place. It wasn't so much the, the Treasuries, but the size of them. Uh, when I was little, how I got into comics was Prince Valiant. And um, I, I'm not like a gazillion years old. It's just that my parents, yeah, I'm just going to preface with that. Um, I'm close to a gazillion, but not quite. Um, so my parents had this, this book, and it had words and pictures in it. And it was on what I thought was the special bookshelf. It, actually, I found out years later, it was just that it was a tall book, and that's the only place it could fit, was on this little bookshelf. But I thought it was like super special because it was on that bookshelf. And uh-huh. I I carried it around and I looked at the pictures and I learned, you know, I, I, I read from it, my version of reading. And then eventually, you know, I did read it. Uh, they, they finally gave it to me uh, like 10 years ago because I was like, I, I really think I should have that book. <laughs> I, I had a copy of it, but I wanted that book. That right. was really important for me to have that book. Um, so it's it's got a special place. Um, so it's, it's, it was, it was an oversized, you know, it was one of those. I love the treasury editions just because, um, it's not so much that bigger is better, but it's just comics is such a visual medium. And the, the more, the, the more I can see it, the happier I am. <laughs> so, um, I, I love the treasuries. Uh, when the new Spidey one came out a little while ago, right. I was overjoyed because uh, it's something, it was a good price point for my retailer um, aspect. And it was just, Spidey, it's such a fun book and it's something I can sell to kids. And kids like, you know, yes, they like little bitty things, but they also like, you know, the big, bold, you know, pictures. And so that was something that I think was was really important. Um, So I, I I love the treasuries. I have 
all the Star Wars treasuries. Um, I have most everything Star Wars. Um, so I have all of those. I have the Doctor Stranges. I have, you know, I have a lot of, of the ones. When when we get them traded in at the store, I usually buy them, and then they end up coming home with me. Um, you know, even though I'm like, yeah, these will be great for the store, but except for this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Okay, I'll just take these. I'll, I'll read them and bring it back, and you know. But they never make it back. They never quite make it back. Now I have room on my shelf for them because I I, I get a lot of the over. Yeah, I guess I haven't. Uh, uh, I didn't think about it until just now. I, 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 I like I like those the, the big sizes. I like the artist editions. I like all of that. The absolutes. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I have a problem. That's the first step, though, right? Admitting it. Admitting you have a problem, right? I well, I imagine that uh, you know if you have a problem buying too many comic books, owning a comic book store is probably the last place you should be working. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I am very good, but um, I, I do have my, I have things that I love, and um, I, if I didn't, I don't think I would have a comic shop, so I, I would, these are things that I would probably buy anyway, so I might as well, you know, I might as well have them if it's something I'm going to go out and find, if I can find it at my own shop, why not, so, yeah. To spend money traveling, it's perfect. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the books just come in through the door. Uh, it's kind of a perfect uh, segue because I also wanted to talk to you about this because, as, as you mentioned, you're a comics retailer. That's there. I feel like we should. There's a whole other series of shows we could do about that. But part of the reason that the treasuries went away in the early '80s was because of the rise of the collector market, where more and more comics became being purchased by collectors as opposed to just readers, and collectors don't want. Treasury editions because they're hard to store. You can't bag them. You can't board them. You unless you have a special shelf like yourself, you can't really put them anywhere, and and they become easily damaged. And to a collector that wants all their books in mint, you know that that version of Batman versus the Hulk that starts flopping over, starts losing its appeal. But yes. so so now that they're making their comeback, like as a retailer. Uh, I mean, what is your view of that? Do you do you find them kind of a pain in the butt, even though you love them? Do you find them kind of a pain to store, or do you have a, a place that's easy to have them displayed for people? Oh, no, they're such a pain in the butt. Um, <laughs> they really are. So um, a lot of the retailers, they have, they, have even, they have a magazine out now called Image Plus, and it is not the size of a regular comic book. It's like magazine-sized. And retailers are complaining about that. I kind of like it because I can still put it on my regular shelf and it kind of make it's it it makes itself distinct. But the treasuries are too big to fit on those shelves. So I have to put those on the top shelf, which means sometimes people don't see them and especially if they're for kids, you know, they can't see them all the way in the top shelf, so I have to move stuff around. There's not enough of them to, you know, have a whole section for them. It's, you know, it's one of those things. Um, that said, I order them because, and, and I do have to make a distinction between what I like and, and what's going to sell sure. and, um, and, and how much I order. So like, you know, when, when there's a Dr. Strange book or a Poe Dameron book and I'm like, I'm going to order 5 million gazillion. <laughs> I, I know that I can't. Would I love to? Yes. Because, you know, I love selling books that I love, but I'm also realistic. However, they've, they've actually shown to be, pretty good sellers, especially like the Spidey one I mentioned earlier. It's been a good seller. This new one that we're going to talk about 
Um, I think I have reasons why it's not selling as well, and it has nothing to do that it's the women of Marvel, nothing to do with the characters. It's that most of these issues were either um, the like the wasps. The wasp story was mm-hmm. in the free comic book day book, so you know it's it was free. Right. And they also the other I, I believe most of the other number ones that they have in this book they have out as dollar issues. Oh, so okay. they'll put them out as, as, and I love the dollar issues because I, I buy them. They cost me, you know, a dollar and I can give them to people, you know, and get them hooked on books. Um, so, but I think that's one of the problems here is because this is, I think it's 20, it's $16. Right. So, but you know, there's a book for free and then there's some, you know, like four other books in here that I could get for a dollar. Now it's not in a nice, beautiful book but if you're getting it to give to your kid you right know. right would you rather spend five bucks or 15 yeah yeah. No, I exactly. never, yeah okay i didn't even really thought about that yeah because as i mentioned i am really unfamiliar with uh, these stories and these characters outside of a very general sense i knew that like i know spider gwen is a thing and i know there's a new wasp but other than that i came to this book even though i've been reading comics for good lord 40 years now uh, I came to this book almost as fresh as someone that's never read a comic book because I'm like, who are, who, okay, who, what, who are these people? Uh, but, you know, I made my way through it, not to sound like it was a, it was a uh, difficult, it was a lot of fun, yeah. but I just came to it as like almost completely a blank slate. So, uh, yeah, this book is said it's the hero power, heroes of power, the women of Marvel. Uh, the cover, the original, the new cover is by Joyce Chin and Rochelle Rosenberg, and it's got all of our heroes <laughs> flying in a nice little you know, heroic poses there. Uh, the first story is stars Gwenpool, and it re- as you mentioned, it re- reprinted from Gwenpool, the Unbelievable, number one. Uh, were you familiar with this one, with this character? I, 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 well, I knew it was like Gwen. Okay, it's Gwen Stacy and Deadpool, I guess, and then I just started reading. Yes, yes, I'm very familiar with this because Spider-Gwen is a big character, and so is Deadpool, so people kind of went crazy for Gwenpool, and I think a lot of it is um, same thing. I think with Spider Gwen that the costume is is amazing. So um, people people like that. Uh, so whoever designed, I think it was Jason Latour that designed the Spider Gwen costume. Brilliant because it can you can put on a hoodie and be Spider Gwen. You know, so that was really good thinking. Um, yeah, I, I was I was kind of. The other, the other thing I have, I have an issue with. So I, I, w- I don't want children, even though it's Gwen Poole, it's still Deadpool. Right. I am still, you know, call me stodgy or whatever, but I don't think that, you know, five-year-olds, when they come in my shop and know Deadpool, I'm just mortified. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? That's what you see? Oh, it's Deadpool. It's Deadpool. I'm like, look here, you're Spider-Man. And they're like, that's Deadpool. And I'm like, I know, but, but, but I know he's funny, but. So I was kind of surprised that they included Gwenpool in this group because I would have I I know the Treasury editions aren't just for kids I do realize that but that's that's a really good market I can sell them to I can you know say hey mom and dad you know look at this nice big book they'll love it you know they can take it to school they can do this um, so you know putting the Gwenpool in there I was I would have preferred another character in there just because of of that but it's a fun story. Um, I like the character. It's I, I liked it way more than I thought I would when I when I read it. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was the same sure. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I really wasn't sure. I was just like, oh man, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of like it. 
Yeah, so, I when I first I read a couple of Deadpool comics, and the only ones I've ever really liked were the Kyle Baker. I kind of felt like the rest of it, a little of it, went a long, long way, and a lot yeah. of it is kind of bro humor, and that doesn't really appeal to me. And so I was like, "What is this?" But I, I actually did like Gwenpool. I thought it was very funny. The, there's a there's a, a prologue which is her getting involved in these uh, somebody robbing a bank, and that is, the whole story is written by Christopher Hastings, and the prologue is by Dan, Danilo. Bayruth, and then the rest of the story is by Girahiru, and I love the intro, the, the prologue of her involving with the bank, mm-hmm. and the, the way she really, I mean, she's a, apparently, the idea is that she was a Marvel Comics reader who finds herself yeah. transplanted into the Marvel <laughs> Universe. It's, it's, it's a cute story, you know, and I, I like that, and, and I like the new Wasp. Uh, I thought Jeremy Whitley did a great job in the new series that came out. Um, love Spider-Gwen. Ms. Marvel, my favorite, hands down. Um, can't help it. I, I love G. Willow Wilson. I, I think Kamala is one of the best new characters um, to come out, especially, you know, for young girls um, of, or even young boys, anybody. Um, I, we have people of all ages, all genders, all, every, all ethnicities, you name it, they, they read Ms. Marvel. Because it's, it's not just a good character, it is a wonderful character and it is a wonderful story so big fan of, of Ms. Marvel Captain Marvel I like a lot I, I like uh, the the first couple runs you know some of the ones I'm not crazy about but um, I think this is a really good collection I and I understand why they have to have it priced where they have it priced but you know if I, if I had a $10 treasury man I could sell them all day long hmm. uh, Okay. from that you know, point of view, but I understand that's not practical. Right. Uh, but, but I can, a girl can dream. Um, yeah, this is what I dream about. <laughs> $10 treasuries. Um, but I love, I love the treasury size. Um, as a reader and as a collector, as a retailer, n- not so much. Right. And I, can, I, I know why people, you know, why they have that. It was just, it, it, um, it's just one of those. It's just one of those things. It takes it takes the right person to want a treasury edition. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to increase that with the show. As I'm trying to get people to appreciate this format. And one of the things I said I liked Gwynpool uh, actually quite a bit. I sort of went away. But, and there's a great turn in that story where she runs into Modok, and completely takes Modok <laughs> not seriously because it's Modok. And then Modok uh, immolates her friend. And the, so the story takes like a super dark turn. And it's funny mm-hmm. you mention about, yeah, I wouldn't want to give that to a little kid. Because that, that, that's pretty nasty. Yeah. In that moment. I mean, I know it's good for the story beat. But holy jeez, I wouldn't want to give this to a little kid. That's, oh, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. When, yeah. I know, I know what part you are when she's cradling the, right at the end, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so, you know, I just I just think it's funny because I think, you know, the Wasp, I think is, I also think they should have waited and put the new maybe Wasp, Wasp story in there because it really, really, she develops so much as a character in, in the book that they just put out, mm-hmm. um, the number one that Jeremy did. I, I think that is how you're going to get people hooked because that's when I got hooked. Um, and it introduces her as a character. This is just kind of like, here's a, a story that you almost have to be reading on the all different Avengers to kind of get what's going on. And these really need to be standalones, I believe, in these. Um, so, so yeah, that's just my opinion on that. Mm. Um, 
but I really, I like the new Wasp character. She's a young girl. I don't know if you've read that or not. Um, this is the only story of her, of, of this character okay. I've ever read. And it's from the Civil War, as you mentioned, the free comic, the Civil War number one mm-hmm. or something like that. It's by, yeah. by Mark Wade, and the art is by Alan Davis and Mark Farmer. And I have been an Alan Davis fan oh, yeah. since the 80s, since I first saw his work. And I love it. I mean, this, I mean, Alan Davis oh, had, a, had a treasury size. Sign me it's up for that. beautiful, beautiful story. I just, I really wish they would have gotten her again I, i'm just going for the whole idea of of the content of the story because alan davis is amazing don't get me wrong i mean i buy i you don't even want to know what i buy um <laughs> so it's it's stupid so um i mean the panel at the very last panel with vision i'm also a huge vision fan so mm-hmm. uh you know um beautiful just the colors i, I don't know who did the coloring in that uh matt hollingsworth amazing job with the color. I am a big colorist fan. Um, I think they uh, kind of get overlooked a lot. Uh, man, it can make all the difference in the world. Yes, that is and absolutely they true. did a great, great job, um, you know, with, with Alan and, and uh, Mark's work. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. Yeah, it's a really, really, um, very nice. Again, it's just looking from the whole idea that I want people to buy this and then get hooked on the story and then come in and buy more. From that retailer perspective, I wish they had put in that that first that that first issue. But okay. it's, a, it's a timing thing. Right, right, you know, right. So just with the Spider Gwen one, it's, right. You know, you've got the Mary Janes going. Kind now, of weird. Now this character, okay. Now I sound like a noob asking this, but this is like, who is this? Who is Gwen Stacy? Who is Spider Woman? Who is the inspiration for Peter Parker Spider Man? Who is dead in this universe? What like, well, what is happening? <laughs> <this> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, this all came from Spider-Verse. Okay. So when there was Spider-Verse, all of these different spider people existed. And this was one of them. Uh, It was Spider-Gwen. And she got bit by the spider. Peter Parker dies. So she's Spider-Gwen. And it was such a huge hit from Spider-Verse. It just took off. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so yeah. It's it's just a, a different take on the story. And, you know, she's got her band and... And it's uh, it's just really super. I, I think it's fun. And again, the costume is just yeah, it's a great design. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. yeah, this the artwork in this one is the story is by Robbie Rodriguez and the writer is Jason Latour. Yeah, yes. for, for I didn't know anything about this at all, but I really d- enjoyed this. I really I thought the artwork was terrific. It has kind of a loose um, sort of Paul Pope energy, and I'm a huge oh, yeah. fan of Paul Pope, and oh, yeah, I, I think you said, I think the design here is great, and the whole setup of her wanting to prove herself to be worthy of the fact that this Peter Parker died, and, her, and kind of using her name, and the flip, the, 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 I like the idea that J. Jonah Jameson is sort of pro-Spider people in this universe, uh-huh. like, I like that flip, I was like, and like, the, the battle, the battle sequences with that giant guy, the, I forget what his name is, the big brute guy that she fights in the story. Oh yeah. That's really well done. And I really, yeah, I thought this was terrific. I thought this was a really good story. And I think it makes a good, in, like you're talking about with the Wasp, I thought this made a terrific intro. It was people. an absolutely great in, intro. It, it, cause it makes you want to go, okay, I, I like this character. I want to read more about this character. And the Wasp story is really good too. I just think for, for an intro to the character, after reading, and I loved the story on Free Comic Book Day. I loved reading it um, as, as my first intro to the Wasp. But as if I were a young girl and I'm reading, you know, here I'm going to read, I read Ms. Marvel and I read Spider-Gwen. After reading Jeremy Whitley's um, take on on uh, the new Wasp, I was, I was totally taken. 
I just, I, I, I just, I just want to get a million of those books and just hand them out to every <laughs> girl I can find, you know? Um, yeah. When I, when I win the lottery, that can happen. Not All right. Bad. Fair enough. It'll be exciting because <laughs> she'll, she's probably going to be, you know, the next Ant-Man movie is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. So she's going to get a big play in the next movie. Uh, I don't think this one will be in the movie because no, oh, okay. yeah, we already have the Wasp in the movie. This is a, this is, I think the comic book Wasp. I think it's going to kind of stay there. Okay. All right. So, Yeah. And then right. the, the the fourth story is Miss Marvel, number zero, uh, by G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona. Metamorphosis is the story. This Now, this was a character, this was when I actually did hear of this character. I haven't okay. read it, but I, this was, so this was my introduction to the character. And I, I, I hate to be so sort of predictable, but this was terrific. Oh, this my God. It was a great story. I love the character of Kamala. Uh, I love that she's a Marvel nerd and she writes okay. Avengers fanfic. That's yes, fan fiction. I, that's when she and when she so meets much. she meets the fantasy Captain America and the fantasy Iron Man and the fantasy Captain Marvel and she's like, uh, I want to be like you except I want to wear the classic politically incorrect costume and kick butt in giant wedge heels. <laughs> I laughed. I thought that was so terrific. Such a great callback to the classic seventies. Yeah, I thought this was just wonderful. Now, is this is Miss Marvel a big seller for you? Miss Marvel is a consistent seller for us. Um, it sells actually at this point, I sell it, um, except for the, you know, the diehards, um, it sells in trades much better Okay. when somebody comes in and says, Hey, I need to get a book for my daughter. She's 11. I'm like, Oh, just here, you know, here's Lumberjanes. Here's Ms. Marvel. There you go. Um, and, uh, they're not that those are the only two books out there, but those are the ones that I know people will love because I love them. Um, and, uh, it's just so good. It's, I, I just can't say enough, and it's consistently good. And like I said, it sells across all ages, all genders, all ethnicities, everything. Nobody cares because it's such a good story, and she's such a great character. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, and I love it that she's a nerd because, you know, I was a nerd growing up. Right. Um, kind of still am, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I just really, really, really like it. And I think it's just, it's a story I can have anybody, you know, anybody read. I just, I just, I can't say enough good things about Ms. Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the, the turn in the story where she sneaks out to go to the party. That mm-hmm. her, 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 it's not her parents, right? It's her, who does she live with? She lives with her uncle and aunt? Yes. Okay, she lives with her uncle and she sneaks out. And she go, hangs out with sort of the, the quote-unquote normal kids, which are sort of the white kids. And yeah. they immediately start making fun of kind of her, her, her background. And they're like, well, yeah, oh, you know, are, are, you, are you allowed to go out? Are you, are you, are you forced? By? And she's like, wait a minute, that ain't cool. Like, you know, I, and they, they trick into drinking and, yeah. you know, all those things that, you know, kids do when you're like, come on, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a terrific story. And then the the hook of it is that she is literally transformed into the seventies Miss Marvel with the, the, the hip sash and the whole bit. It does make me want to read this. I this is one of those like, Oh yeah, I gotta go pick this up the next time I'm uh, well, as we we've, as I've mentioned on Facebook, and you've you've helped me through this with my difficulties with comics retailing lately, but uh, I I will want to pick more of these up because I thought this was a terrific story. Yeah, this is just it's a really great. Um it's just a great, it's a great story. And I always feel when the great thing about this is it's, it's not only entertaining, but I feel a little bit smarter when I'm done reading it. And I like that. I like that. I, you know, you kind of can feel, feel something. Mm. So, um, but I, I love Kamala. Yeah. 
um, I think she's a great character. And again, it's like, this is one that I always make sure that I have those dollar issues of. So I can say, here, just take this book, read it. And if you like it, come back in and buy the trade. So that kind of hurts. I think that it's in here, but, but I'm still okay with it because again, I also love the art in it. And I'm again, big, big fan of, of G Willow Wilson. Right. Yeah. And I think it's the, isn't the cover to Miss Marvel number one is the back cover of this book where it's just the close up of her with her yep. hand up holding the book. So yeah, she, she gets that the back cover it. to herself. So that's nice. That's yeah. It's, it was really terrific. So, and the final story is from Captain. The costume Mo- also, the costume, uh, part of the ease of the costume where people can, again, cosplay as her just wearing a shirt and a scarf is just, it's perfect, you know, and you know that she's Miss, you know, that you know that she's her. I didn't even anyway. think about that, but you're right. That probably that, that when you're designing a costume nowadays, that probably has to come into that, that probably enters your mind a little bit of like, hey, this thing could become iconic if yeah. you know it's not it's not one of those Dave Cockrum Legend, Legion of Superheroes costumes from the mid seventies. You know, you can make it simple, something that anybody could really do. That's I never, geez, I never thought about that, but that's probably it's got something to do with it. Yeah, and I, and I know leading into this, the next with Captain Marvel, my um, daughter was a huge Captain Marvel fan, and so I had to help her create this costume. And one, it was not cheap, and two, it was not easy, just because, you know, yeah, it's just a sash, and it's this, but there's lots of buttons, and trying to figure out, okay, we've got to get this on here, we've got to do this. I was like, are you sure you, I, you, you just can't put lightning bolt shirt on with the scarf? <laughs> Much easier. Um, no. But that said... The Kelly Sue DeConnick run, Dexter Soy, the artist, amazing. This was a took the world by storm. Yeah, I mean this, Just, is, this was huge. I mean, I mean she's going to be the first Marvel movie featuring a female superhero as oh, the yeah. as the headliner. I mean, yeah, this this thing really took off. Now, have have you read had you read this before? No, I had never read this. I was unfamiliar with it at all. Now, the artwork I'm not as big on just because I just found it, I don't know, just not the most attractive to look at. I kind of splotchy in a lot of places. But nevertheless, but I, I did hook into the character. I like the idea yeah. of that she is this, uh, she's an Air Force vet, and she has this hero, the Helen Cobb woman, who is an actual pilot, and she wants to be mm-hmm. like her. And yet she knows that she will never be able to sort of compete on Helen Cobb's level because she has all these special powers. So, yeah. so she's like, yes, I can zip across the universe in, in a nanosecond, but I will never be able to approach any of the records Helen Cobb broke because I'm not going to be compared on the, on, by the same standard. And that yeah. makes, makes her upset because she can't compete with her hero. I thought that was a really interesting angle. That was really and, cool. And, and I really love how they take it from, from Ms. Marvel to Captain Marvel, that it's like, you know, she's... Yeah, I know. So it got some, some, you know, it's like, well, it's because Steve Rogers said she should do it. Well, yeah, because, you know, she still has some, because she has these super period, you know, super abilities, she's, she's still a little bit unsure about some things. And, and, uh, I, I just love it. And, you know, it's like, he wasn't Captain Marvel. It was, it was Marvel, you know, need to be Captain Marvel. You are a captain. This is what you are. And I love it when she says, you know, I'm going to take the damn name. Yeah, um, that's yeah. great. That's a great, just, great button on the the story. It is yeah. a great panel, and and it is true that the the art kind of, and I think the art is different when you're reading it as an individual issue than when you're reading it. It's very cartoony. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's 
it's very different artwork and every one of the stories up to here. And then it's like, bam, in your face. Very, It's a lot darker. Yeah. It, it's uh, more realistic. So that's, it's, it is a big, it is a big change. And I think it's not as noticeable when it's an individual issue than it is when it's in this, this collection. Sure. Sure. So, that makes sense. That makes sense. But um, it's a, it's a great story. And Kelly Sue just did amazing, amazing on this. Um, just amazing. I kind of wish they would have waited another like month and they could have put Gamora number one in this one too, because I really liked that. Oh, well, they are, well, they are doing the Guardians of the Galaxy treasury in a couple of months. Yes. So I'm hoping that they put that in there. Um, because that that just blew me away. This story makes me want to see the movie more. Not that I wasn't going to go see the movie because I see every Marvel movie, but this, I'm kind of like, oh, is this the hook of this character? Like, that's okay, cool. Like, I'm super excited now for the Captain Marvel movie. I think that's terrific. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited for it. I, I, I can't wait. I'm excited for, I get excited for all the Marvel movies. And, you know, again, don't get me wrong on that. I'm not sure if I'm more excited, though, about the Guardians 2 movie. Or to hear the Guardians 2 soundtrack, because I'm really, really wanting to know what's on that. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the movie. Yeah. But, but man, I just want to, I just need, they need to have a David Bowie song in there. That's all I'm saying. There you go. Um, I'm sure they will. So, but, but yeah. So, so the Captain Marvel movie is going to be amazing. I'm, uh, Marvel has not let us down yet. The only one I was even remotely worried about was Ant-Man. And that's only because Edgar Wright was... Right, yeah. it was supposed to be a great, yeah, and he, yeah. And he's my favorite director. I just, nothing against any other directors, I just, I, I adore him. Yes, anytime the world is denied an Edgar Wright movie, that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, right? we, we could have had one more Edgar Wright movie that we didn't have, uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had, we had part of it. You can, you can so see yes. him in it, though. It's, you know, I, I, I love it. I'm like, I bet, I bet he, he made that decision. I bet he made that decision. You know, then I go watch Spaced again, and I'm like, yep, he did. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure he did. There you go. Um, so, so, yeah, but that was the only one that I was concerned about, and I don't even know why I even bothered being concerned a little bit, because it was great, you know. That, that Same me, strange. It was it, great. That leads me to something I do want to ask you about, but before I get to that, I just want to wrap up here on the book a little. Uh, in, terms okay. of the, in terms of the bonus features, there are some variant covers in the back. Mm-hmm. They put in there's a, a Miss Marvel one by uh, Art Adams, a Spider Gwen one by uh, Ben Gall. So that, those are the couple of the bonus. There's features. the Scott, the Scotty Young Gwenpool, which yeah, all the Gwenpool ones. Were, I yeah. love the and I I'm a big fan of of I, I try not to go for many variant covers, um, just because. You know, he can only have so many. Any Scotty Young one, I'm down for. Any John Tyler Christopher um, action figure cover, mm-hmm. I'm down for. Uh, so it's like, man, you know, stop, Scotty Young. Stop being so brilliant with your stupid covers that I love so much. <laughs> stop taking all my money. But um, they just, yeah, there's some beautiful, beautiful, you know, in the back. I mean, these are, you could... You could buy two of these and then cut this out. And frame it, you know. <laughs> there you go. All they need is a die-cut diorama on the back cover, and you can do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this makes for a really handsome collection. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm going to be excited over any treasury that any publisher puts out, but I think this is a really solid book. 
Uh, oh, absolutely. I think it would make a great book to introduce these characters to new people. So I think this is a, a, a really wonderful volume, and I'm so thrilled that Marvel is doing these again. This is just oh, so I'm, exciting I'm to me. Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled that they're doing these again. When, Like I said, when that Spidey one came out, I was I was bummed because ours came in. We got we ordered several, but we got shorted them, and then we got one in, and then it was damaged. Oh. So it was just like, oh, my gosh. uh so we finally did get them in, and I always have them in my in the shop because I just I I love it, and um, and they have a little. I'm just like okay, these oversized books, I can put them down here. It's okay. So, um, but and again though, it's like, do, can I put this one in the kids section with the Spidey one or not? I need to make another place for it because I I need to put it in my kids section. It goes from the bottom books are like you know the the you know learn to reads and and all ages and then the higher you go you know you can get up to like third and fourth grade and then like sixth grade and things like that so i can't really put this down at the bottom so it just is it just makes it hard for the marketing you know uh placement is difficult and with these with the comic shop right uh that leads, so. that leads perfectly to the the questions i wanted to ask you and i asked this of, of everybody on the show that has a history with the treasuries a little because I, I figure this is the perfect kind of uh, nerd dream scenario. And the two questions I like to ask is one, uh, if there was any treasury that you would like to see Marvel or DC do, regardless of its commercial merit, just something you would like to see, what would it be? Poe Dameron. So the, 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 the collection <laughs> of the Poe Dameron no, series? The new Poe Dameron series. I, that is the only book. Thank you, Phil Noto and Charles. So I, I'm a huge Poe Dameron fan, period. First of all. Um, as it's, it's kind of sad how much I love that character. Um, like I almost, this is nerdy. Also, I almost didn't buy the set of star Wars cards that a friend of mine was like, yeah, I'll sell you this whole set for such and such. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's got two bib Fortuna cards in it and not Poe, but it's got, you know, it's, it, it's got Ray and a Finn. Come on. You know? So I was like, I'm not even buying it. And I like walked off. I was so mad and I'm like, that's so stupid. I'll get it, you know, and I got it, but I'm still mad about it. Um, so, but that series is so good. And it is the only series right now that I'm reading that I have, well, it's the only series period that I have every single cover, every variant cover. Again, I don't really collect variant covers, you know, much unless I really, really love the cover. Um, but that one, I, Love that book. Charles has the character's voice down. I love how Phil Noto draws him. I there's nothing I do not love about that book. I would buy that book weekly. Okay. Um, I I just I can't I can't get enough of it. And to see that, you know, and oh, it'll it would be beautiful. Um, that or just more Doctor Strange. I don't care which Doctor Strange because okay. I love all the Doctor Strange okay. stories, all, all right. of them. Interesting. Two very diverse choices. It's, it's interesting. Uh, and then the other, the other, <laughs> and then the other, the other question is, what? And this is a perfect, perfect thing to ask a retailer. What do you think would work sales-wise as a treasury edition? Like, what would you like to see as, as something that you think you could move a lot of copies of? Um, that's a hard question because I, I just kind of have to roll the dice most days on what's going to sell. Because I'm, I'm like, I'll be absolutely positive something's going to sell, and then we'll sell, like, one. Um, I kind of wish that the Love is Love Treasury would have come out. Mm. I mean, book would have come out in treasury size just because um, it would maybe, I don't know, the tears stains would still be on there. That book is hard to read. 
it's so good. I could probably, I, I don't know. Um, gosh, that's a hard question. Because mm. my, where my thinking is like a Mar- the next Marvel Treasury is Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're putting it out yes. in, in late in late April, right before the movie comes out. And so to me, I'm Which like, is per- perfect. Time. It's perfect time. And now that if- Marvel has three movies a year, I'm like, why not do a Treasury for every movie? Why not do a Thor Treasury? Why not do a Doctor Strange? Like, why not just what? tie into oh, all God. the movies they're doing? That's brilliant. Yeah. You need to. Well, you know what? When I go to the Comics Pro meeting. In February, I'm going to tell them that. I'll tell them it's your idea. Yeah! <laughs> but I'm going to suggest that to David because I'm always trying, you know, you're always trying to get stuff. You know, we have a display in the window right now of like, hey, these movies are coming out. Yeah. Check out these comics. Here's, you know, Wonder Woman. Here's Power Rangers. Here's, you know, Thor. Um, but to have something like that that's new that people can get and that's like an introduction that yeah. they can keep it like that. Um and and not the, they can't really do the older Guardians of the Galaxy stuff because it doesn't have any connection with the right. characters we'll know from the movie. Right. Um, but the new stuff they're putting out does. Um, so that's that's a really smart idea. Thank and you. I, my life has been validated. Thank you very much. Your life is validated. No, seriously. I I'm always I'm always you know keep my kids laugh at me because I have notebooks all over the house. Like every room has like six. And then I have my phone. It's like, you know, if you want to know the lowest and un- uninteresting number, it's on my phone. Because just in case I ever need to know that, um, it's I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, but it's because I, I, I do wear a lot of hats. So um, um, it's it's twelve thousand four hundred and seven, by the way, the lowest. uninteresting. Um, I knew you were going to I knew you were going to give it to me anyway. <laughs> I yeah, knew you were going to say just, it. You didn't ask. But in case you needed to know. Um, I learned that from QI, which is one of my favorite shows in the world. Um, so, uh, so yes. Um, so, but I'm always keeping track of, you know, it's like, cause I write comics and I'm, I'm working on getting my dissertation finished. Hopefully that'll be done in two weeks and I won't ever have to look at it. Well, I'll have to look at it again to, to later, but then I can kind of forget about it for a minute, you know, but I'm writing stuff about Dr. Strange and then I do, I'm always thinking of stuff to write for the column. Cause you know how Dan is, he's, you know, write more, write more. He's a slave um, driver, that guy. I know. Well, I got a text from him today that said, you know, you could do these two things. Now, friend Dan says you should work on your dissertation. But editor Dan says, and I'm like, okay, editor Dan, I, I will do this. Um, yeah, so I, I'm always writing things like that down. And I have one for, you know, it's like, okay, this is for the Comics Pro stuff. And this is for retailers. And this is what we need. And this would help. And, you know, and part of it is if the Doctor Strange movie's coming out, Diamond, how about getting stuff? before that movie comes out that we could sell not two months after right. when it's off everybody's radar, because that's how, you know, fans are. I mean, right. growing up, I was all into star Wars and I still am. I never stopped, but my friends did, you know, so I was the lone, the lone person out there, you know, but that's how most people are. It's like hit them at, you have to hit them at that moment. And uh, two months just doesn't, doesn't work for me. Um, two months later. So that it's a, Brilliant idea, Rob. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, a Wonder Woman treasury. Oh, my gosh. In in late May, just before the movie comes out, you can collect different eras of Wonder Woman. Like, I don't know why. I I would think you would, you, you, I would just think you would sell a bajillion of those with a giant movie coming out. Oh, you would. And, and, but the Wonder Woman one, I would want, I'm one of the few people, I love Denny O'Neill's run because... I loved her clothes so much. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the M appeal. Uh, 
Yeah, I was just like, I if, if I had those clothes, and if I looked like her, I would dress like that every day. I'm just <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she was the coolest thing I had ever seen. Oh, I still just, I have a couple of those comics. It's, I don't have all of them, but I have ones that I absolutely love. It's like, I don't have all the Lois Lane, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane either, but I have certain ones that I absolutely love, but for different reasons. Hers were that, it's like, really? You're going to put the spread eagle on the cover? You know? But the Wonder Woman, it's like, I want to dress like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I mean, I know that, you know, comic fans tend to be like, oh, they should just make the thing I like without really having a, you know, a full grasp of the reality of the financial situation. But I just can't help think with, with a movie out there with all these characters and you can just reprint this material. I, I don't know. Oh I, I would just think this is the perfect time to bring this format back. I don't see how you could go wrong with that. See, there you go, everybody. See, I, right. I feel so validated. So, thank you very much. Well, it's, now, mind you, that it's me saying that, so I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't get too excited. Well, you need to mention it, and then you report back. You come back, you I come will, back on the show oh, and I report what they will. say. I absolutely will. Yeah, there that's in February, so that's exciting. There you go. Oh, I can't, Perfect. can't wait to suggest it. There you go. I might suggest it sooner. I might shoot them off an email and go, "Hey, dude." Yeah, it's better in person. I'll wait. All right. There we go. Very cool. So, well, Christy, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. I was – the minute they announced this book, I knew I wanted to have you on. And I'm just – I was so thrilled to get – first, to get a chance to talk to you for the first time. Yes. We, we've been going back and forth on 13 Dimension and on Twitter and stuff. But this is a chance to talk to you in person. And I'm, I was just so happy to talk about this book. I'm so glad it exists. Everybody should get it. Just Everybody aim, should get yeah. it. Because not only is it a great book, but it's also you're furthering the, the cause of Treasury Comics. And, of course, that's the subject near and dear to my heart. Well, so. you're furthering the cause of that. It's a great book. And it's, it's you know, show, especially if you if you want more women characters, if you want more diverse characters, you have to support that. You can't say, I want more diverse this and that, and then not buy anything. Right. Dollars, that's what speaks right now. You yep. know, how many you sell that's what speaks. So if you want more diverse characters, you have to support the ones that are out there before they'll make more. Um, so, and it's, you know, again, you can't see, you can't be something if you can't, if you don't have an example. I mean, I guess that's not so true, but it's kind of true. Um, you have to at least have some inkling of, of what's out there. And so it's like, you know, I want my daughter, I don't want my daughter thinking there are no female comics, right? You know, I don't comic characters. Um, and she will never think that because, you know, she's I'm like, here, here, here. And she's okay. Enough, enough, enough. You know, <laughs> just give me saga. Now that's all she's into. Um, <sighs> she is 16. So it's okay. Um, it's not like she's eight, but, uh, but yeah, but, um, it's, yeah. So, so support it, support these, these wonderful writers, um, and artists and, and colorists and, you know, let Marvel know that you're interested in, you know, having this, these, these treasury books because they're really beautiful and they don't take up that much space. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. So you can all, they're, they're like jello. There's always room for jello. There you go. So. Absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So, well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And where can people find you on the internet? And what's the name of your store in case people are in the area and they want to visit? The name of my store is Aya Comics. It's in Muncie, Indiana. We also have an Aya Comics in Skokie, Illinois. Um, and that's run by Kurt Wood, who's KurtWood.com. He's awesome. Um, then we have, and if you're in Harris, near Harrison, New York, uh, we have a store there. It's run by Mark Hammond and Franco's there a lot. 
um, Art and Franco and Mark and Kurt, they're all my partners. They're amazing, amazing people. I can't even believe I get to like be partners with such amazing people. So, uh, there's the store, um, again, Muncie, Indiana. So come and see where Dave Letterman went to school and <laughs> come to the, 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 you know, shop, um, online. I am at, uh, at Christy Blanche, um, on Twitter and same thing, Christy Blanche on Facebook. Um, I have an Instagram. I think it's also Christy Blanche, but I always forget about it because I'm really bad at that. Amy Chu's always yelling at me to, to do that. And I'm like, I know, I know. I'll have a website up. I think it's up, but it's I don't I don't have it finished yet. Again, dissertation. I have to get that done first. Right. Um, and then I can plan all, all this other stuff. And I've got some books coming out soon that I can't talk about, but soon I can. And um, they'll be amazing. They won't be in, you know, treasury version, but... You never know. Never know. Never know. Never know. Never say never. <laughs> and, of course, people can find your stuff on 13thDimension.com. Oh, oh, yes, duh. Sorry, sorry Dan. Um, uh, don't tell him. Um, yeah, 13th Dimension, I do a lot of writing for them. I do a, a weekly column called um, This Week's Comics Today, uh, which I did not do today. Um, it's kind of a takeoff on uh, John Oliver's show. So it kind of just says, this is what came out. This is what I liked. Um, and then I do, and then at the end I was doing another little thing and then Dan's like, let's, uh, let's split the columns. Let's make more work for you. So <laughs> doing another column. And then I've, I've got one coming up about my uh, recent visit to McDonald's, my argument with them over teen Titans toys, not being for uh, just boys. So, um, that'll be coming up <laughs> and then, uh, stuff about, um, some retail stuff about what's new and exciting in the previous catalog. You know, 13 things, you know, got to stick with the, with the 13. So, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff coming up and, uh, it's, it's a great site and I think everybody should go there. Great, great columnists. Yeah, I I agree. If I say so myself, (laughs) I I agree. Yes, absolutely. Well, again, Christy, thank you so much for doing the show. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. It was so much fun. All right. Well, everybody stay tuned. We're going to play some podcast promos. When we come back, we're going to do listener feedback. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jen. And I'm Sean. We're here to tell you about our podcast, Worst Collection Ever. And this is the show where we tell you about the worst comic book collection in existence. And it just happens to belong to us. We have some of the worst comics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They're bad. They don't, Terrible. They're not worth anything. No good. Why do we Very own them? Bad. I own number of issues of Terror Inc. and Guy Gardner. Basically, we go around to local comic book stores and we buy everything we can out of dollar boxes. We tell you about the weird stuff in them. We tell you about stuff that's related to them. We go into tangents. And we're very uninformed, so... Oh my god, totally. But totally check out our podcast because you'll hear us just talk and joke about Marvel books and DC books from God only knows when. That's right. It's our show, Worst Collection Ever, every Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Download, rate, subscribe, tell a friend. It'll be good and terrible, but good. Hey there, my name's Nathaniel, and I'm here to tell you about an exciting new podcast. What are you doing? Oh, hey, Liz. I'm just recording the the podcast promo. You're recording the promo for the Punch Like a Girl podcast? Yeah. 
you. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the hosts. I have more podcast experience. What? You're going to sit there and mansplain to people about a podcast focusing on graphic novels and trade collections with female protagonists? Um, oh. Yeah. Can I at least tell them how it's available on iTunes and Stitcher and at punchlikeagirlpod.wordpress.com? No. Shoot. Alright, well hang on, I'll delete this, we'll try again. That's not delete, that's the button for publish. As promised, we're now going to do some listener feedback. First up, we are going to do iTunes reviews. Uh, Actually, I'd like to do iTunes reviews, but we have no new iTunes reviews. I don't know why you guys hate me. I think I do a good show. I think you enjoy it. Clearly, you're getting at your aggressions on me by not leaving iTunes reviews. So let's just move on. Uh, We're going to go to the website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. First comment from our pal Ryan Daly. He says, great episode as always, though we wish you guys would have spent a little more time talking about the stories in this edition. Then again, I already spent plenty of time talking about them with Aaron Moss and Kyle Benning on the first episode of G.I. Joe, A Real American Headcast. Uh, Yeah, Ryan, I I do apologize a little bit for that. I probably should have gone over the details of the two stories with a little more detail. Uh, I just wasn't... I've never been a big G.I. Joe guy, and so I think the book was more – I kind of focused more on the, the, the book itself as opposed to the individual stories. But, yeah, I probably should have gone into a little more detail, especially about the second one, Hot Potato, which I think I just mentioned uh, the title of it and then didn't get back to. So sorry about that. Uh, Edo Boznar says, never had this treasury, never even knew it existed, but I still enjoyed the show just because I liked the stories both of you and Brian told, your childhood memories attached to it, why you liked it, and so forth. Thank you, Edo. Danny Reibolt says, that was fun to listen to. Great show. I can't believe I listened to guys talk about G.I. Joe for 30 minutes. (laughs) I'm not sure what the comment is there. Was it 30 minutes not enough? Was it too much? I don't know, Danny. Write in back in and and let us know. Uh, Michael Bailey, of course, our pal, comes back in and he says, I was right in the butter zone. I don't know what that means. When a real American hero became a thing. At first, I was more into the cartoon and eventually did two tours of duty with the toys for the Christmas of 86 and 87. Some say I was on the wrong side of that war, and then when I finally got into getting the toys, they were on their way to becoming damn silly. When you have recruits like Sergeant Slaughter and the Fridge, not to mention the five seconds where the Order of Battle had Rocky Balboa as a recruit, because I know I want a leg breaker turned boxer teaching the world's foremost killing machine the finer points of boxing. It's hard to argue the point, but I love those toys. You, don't, you should not need to feel the need to defend yourself. You, you like what you like. Uh, he concludes with, Great job, gentlemen. I used to have a copy of this, but I gave it to a friend who lost his copy to an angry cat. Yo, Joe. <laughs> I, I have some of my treasuries have been nibbled on uh, by uh, my cat, so I, I, I hear you, Mike. Ange says, Dr. Ange says, didn't know this one existed. That's two. Uh, but I do have the original. I collected the Joe Monthly for the first year or so. Lucky enough to still have them after a parental purge of much of my early collection in the 90s. And even more lucky to get the first four sent by Larry Hama at a local con last summer. And with so many toy lines, you think there would be more of these things now. Who wouldn't want a giant-sized super, Supergirl treasury? Exactly. It's what I've been saying. He says, and yes, I would buy a Shogun, one, Shogun Warrior tre- uh, treasury now. Had the great Mazinga as a kid. Me too. I had a bunch of them. There's a picture of me, I think, when I was seven, and I'm uh, asleep on the floor 
uh, and it's my birthday, and you see a Shogun Warrior in the background. I love those toys. Those were so awesome. Um, Arahen Moss, uh, the aforementioned Arahen Moss, says, This was a great story, and I think Larry did a great job taking these toys that he had to sell and making them into great comics. I thought you and Brian did a great job covering this. If only you talked a little more about the actual stories. Yeah, again, I apologize. I, I, I just was never that into G.I. Joe. Uh, I think... I've read three G.I. Joe comics in my entire lifetime. The Treasury, the first one, issue number two, and like that silent story with Snake Eyes. I think those are the only ones I've ever read. The, the, the G.I. Joe just never appealed to me, so I think that's why I, I just sort of glossed over the stories. Again, my apologies. Uh, anyway, back to Aaron's comment. He says, but as Ryan said, since we covered this a little over a year ago on my own show, G.I. Joe Real American Headcast, it wasn't a huge disappointment. I'd just like to hear other people's opinions on these stories. Anyway, keep up the great work, Rob. Yo, Joe. Thank you, Aaron. Chris Franklin from our network says, great episode, guys. I was resistant to the lore of G.I. Joe Ra. Took me a second to figure out what that was. Even though I was at the right age. The military thing was the stumbling block for me, too. But, man, those TV ads were really working on me. When the first TV miniseries hit, they finally hooked me as, as that was the playground discussion number one all that week. You had to watch the Joe miniseries or you might as well line up in the restroom for a, restaurant for a resultant swirly. Chris uh, Franklin, School of Hard Knocks. Great stories on how each of you came to the own the comic in question. I love the fact that Brian made his parents go buy him the Batman treasury so he could make sure Robin hadn't bought the farm. <laughs> that was I love that bit. Uh, Iced D writes in great handle to say Robin Brian hit it exactly on the nose about this comic being accessible to those who weren't into superhero comics. At the tender age of ten, I enjoyed superhero cartoons, but would not would not get into the comics no matter how hard I tried. The other comics, Gateway for Me, Star Wars, never seemed available to me at the 7-Elevens and drugstores in town. Enter G.I. Joe. I was a latchkey kid in those halcyon days of the 1980s, and the foremost parental directive was to do homework first, and then I could go out and play so long as I was home before dark. <laughs> I love hands-off parenting. No one said I couldn't do homework with the TV on. Kids love, kids love finding loopholes. So I caught the groundbreaking Marvel commercial a lot. A friend down the street had the Treasury Edition, which I was able to read. I wouldn't buy my first issue until number 12 due to the same spotty distribution that prevented a regular Star Wars fix, and I was hooked. I can't explain why I was so mesmerized at the time. Was it because of the toy tie-in? Was it because it was something new and different, to me anyway? Reading Jaiju regularly paved the way for me to try superhero comics again, which led to a habit that has more or less stayed with me for the past 30-something years. I had the pleasure of meeting Larry Hama, Herb Trimpey, and Bob McLeod at the Baltimore Comic Con a few years ago, and they all signed my copy of issue number one, which is stored in a safe along with my birth certificate and passport. Thanks for featuring this treasure edition on the podcast. As you can see, it stirred up a lot of pleasant memories. Well, thank you, Iced D. That was a great comment. I really appreciate it. So thank you for writing it. And finally, another guy from our network, Siskoid. He says, I have only one Marvel G.I. Joe comic in my collection, and it's the G.I. Joe yearbook number one, which also reprints the first issue story. I had actually bought it for my kid brother who collected the toys, but as he didn't ultimately become a comic book geek, it ended up in my boxes when I moved away from home. I have half a plan someday reading the entire Hammer run up to including when he picked it back up at IDW and continued the story. I keep hearing about how good it is, so I do it even if I'm not a huge fan of the property. But I admit to playing with my brother's figures. The first one in the house, Destro and his helicopter. I, it's, uh, it's funny, Siskoid wrote Destroy and his helicopter, and it took me a second to figure out what he was talking about, and then I realized Destro, of course, Destro. I, I know that much about J.J. So uh, thanks, everybody, for writing in all those comments. I really appreciate it. I, I love uh, reading the back and forth, so... Uh, uh, keep it up. And then we're going to move on to Twitter, uh, where I'm going to list everyone who did retweets and likes. Really appreciate it. Again, it helps the show's posts get noticed. So uh, big thanks to Firestorm Fan, Rolled Spine, Comic Blinks, 
uh, Calrui, C-A-L-R-U-I, I don't know how you say that, H-Fo, Roarlord Worlds, Black Vulcan 69, Collect Them All 1, Mountain Flower 1, Rad Johnny, Dr. Ange 70, Multiverse HQ, Comic Reflection, Germ Trinity, Peter Bar 4, Lucien Dessar, Classic JLA, Plaid Stallions, Jace Lab 425, Chuck Rod 75, Grant Richter 9, Siskoid, King of Cities, Del Dracula, Depressa Quinn, Rhino 337, Lorezudo, John D. Knoll, Ayatollah 75, Comics in the GA, the Tilly, 1973, M. Mod, 138, Kimature, great handle, Shade of Jeremy, Steve, 81378, and Salem Zorro. Again, thank you, everybody, for the comments. I really do appreciate it. This episode, uh, the Joe Joe was a lot of fun. I love talking to Brian, and I'll definitely have him back at some point, at least on one of the other shows, too. He was originally just an appearance on... Uh, Fire and Water, talking Mego Christmas, and it's always pl- uh, fun to talk to him. So uh, thanks, everybody, for commenting. Please, please, iTunes reviews. We need the iTunes reviews. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to bug you more about the iTunes reviews next episode if I don't get more iTunes reviews. Again, iTunes reviews. Uh, big thanks to Christy Blanche for coming on this episode to talk about the Women of Marvel Treasury. I love that book. Please go pick it up. Again, you can get it on Comixology if you must, but go to your local comic store or get it on Amazon or get it at your local bookstore if we still have those. Uh, it's real. That's really going to help Marvel figure out that people want more of these books. And again, they're going to do one in April, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if they have any other plan after that, but please go out and buy this book. Not only is it a great book, but you'll, you're you're voting with your dollars, and that's an important thing. So again, thanks to Christy for coming on and talking these stories and giving me some insights about what it's like to be a comics retailer. I love that stuff. So it was a lot of fun having her on, and uh, I love being part of 13dimension.com, which she does a lot of great work. So that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next, I was going to say next week, but it's not next week, but until the next episode, go big or go home. I want to talk about Miss Marvel, which is just a wonderful comic book. Yeah. And so uh, this is uh, Kamala Khan, is that, uh, and that is she Kamala is Khan. the first Muslim-American mm-hmm. uh, comic book hero. And it's sort of based on your life, yes? Her backstory. Back in, there's some similarities. Because you're not a superhero. You have news. I'm no, okay. definitely not a superhero. Okay, gotcha. No one would want me to rescue them from anywhere. <laughs> okay. Except for maybe like a, a cheeseburger or something. I would, I'll handle it. I got you. I love your help. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there was uh, the writer, G. Wilson and myself sort of went back and forth about who we wanted Kamala Khan to be. And it was very much about breaking stereotypes and about the idea of changing people's perceptions of Muslim Americans. But beyond that, we had a very universal approach about the concept of kind of re- redefining yourself, finding, finding who you are based on your own terms and not listening to other, other people's um, definitions of the labels and categories that you belong to. And so. this has been an incredibly successful book, uh, sold really well. I mean, do yeah. you think that basically was your... Did you come to the understanding of, oh, there's an audience out there that has just been so uh, thirsting for a comic book character who represents them a bit better? Oh, my God, absolutely. I think after this character in particular, people came came up to me, came up to Willow, and they said, finally, we have a character out there, not just a superhero, but a character out there that we can connect with and that my young daughter, my young son can aspire to become one day. You don't have to look a particular way to be powerful and to be a hero, and that's why it was so important. So the underlying meaning so many people have connected with, I've had people from all backgrounds say that they feel like they are Kamala Khan, and that's amazing.